Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-host Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another evening of Jaybird watching. Um, to that point, it's been a very odd week in Blue Jays baseball because we all went from literally bitching and <laughs> to nothing happening to getting a couple of weird moves. And here we are. We got one of the better free agent pitchers and winter meetings hopefully laid the groundwork for some good things to come. But there's also a few uh, elephants in the room that we're going to have to talk about. But gentlemen, Ken, Jason, how are we doing this evening? Doing all right. Doing all right. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Couldn't be more excited. I mean, love Mr. Your, I'm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I Mr. I'm going on vacation friends. to somewhere warm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Christmas, baby. There it is. <laughs> or on another holiday that may suit you, your religion or whatever. You know, Hanukkah, yeah, there it is. It's, a, it's a holiday. It's a holiday lion. Holiday lion. <laughs> it's a, at least it's not like a holiday liger. Lion yeah. tiger. <laughs> Or like we were making Plus the things that is uh, like an Anchorman moment here that 60% of the time it works all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Love that so, movie. Christmas Panther. So, Christmas Panther. <laughs> it sounds like the next model. That's Anchorman 3, right? They did the regular the regular Anchorman, then they did the, the falling out story, and now they have the Christmas one, just like the Harold and Kumar movies, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are they making an Anchorman 3? Are you guys messing with me? No, I'm just busting. I was like, I'm okay, just saying, I was going to say. Follow, model. That's I'm how like, stupid uh, movies go. I know. Everything I is good. Two. I don't want to miss it. Uh, and then they have the redemption story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're in a Seth Rogen movie, that happens all throughout the hour and a half. And it's true. <laughs> just how it is. Buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> Bang. So anyways, boys, we like I said, it was the winter meetings over the last, you know, we saw the fallout and then we were, were we recorded near the end of the, the winter meetings. But to that point, we are now post winter meetings. And 
I would say what happened at the winter meetings was very uneventful for Blue Jays fans. While everybody and their brother got the best major league contracts on the face of the planet, it seemed like it was a a hotbed for free agents. Not a ton of trades, which is usually what happens more at the winter meetings. Um, Jason, lay it out for me. How are you feeling post winter meetings before any of the other news? Because well, let's we'll let's leave that. the let's leave the Blue Jays aside because <laughs> um, <laughs> no, they did that. Talk about that. I need to get a hammer and I need to put my hand out here and just start. <laughs> so, you know, across the league, I think there were some some good deals and I think there were some really questionable ones. Um, I mean, uh, you know, Correa signs for a ton of money in San Francisco, and I mean. There's better shortstops and second basemen that are available and out there, and they can play that position. Uh, the fact that Dansby Swanson hasn't been picked up by somebody is jackassery. It's insanity. Let him our way. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Bogarts cashes in. A lot of these guys who probably deserved some of the cake they got, got it, which is awesome. But, you know, in, in retrospect, when you look at some of these monsters, I think, um, uh, what's his name? The... Uh, the outfielder for the Astros put it perfectly when he said, oh, maybe I should have hit, uh, struck out 150 times and had a sub-200 batting average so I could get paid. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's the truth. It was Alvarez that said that, right? No, it was uh, oh. the outfielder for the Astros. Um, uh, oh. Reddick. Reddick. Yeah, Reddick. Reddick. Yep. Um, yep. So, you know, it's some of them are good. Some of them are bad. I mean, I like the fact that Yankee, the Yankees got kicked in the shins with that that judge deal. Like, I mean, that cripples them to do anything else, although they just seem to have no end of money. But that being They're said, really you know, um, it, it's it's there was a, so much stuff that went on in those few days. Um, again, some good, some bad. But it, as a Jays fan, uh, in doing this, it was really, 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 really hard to just watch the dots come off the board in order and just be like how are they not involved in this or how are they not closer in this but then it kind of takes me back to i read a, a quote alex manoa was was sort of having an argument with a guy on twitter about you know people not wanting to come to canada i mean maybe he's not far off like maybe there are players that look at this and say i don't want to go up there they don't know enough about canada to, to know that toronto's a nice city and that that the Jays fans are insanely passionate, or maybe they do, and they want to go somewhere like Anaheim, where no one gives a crap. True. Sure. Like, I don't know. Float under yeah, the I radar. Think... Yeah, float yeah. under the radar, pretty much, right? And because Toronto fans are a passionate bunch, regardless of sports, regardless how bad our teams could could be, they're always going to cheer for Toronto, right? So I, I was going to bring that up to say, is that why we were not? getting some of the big moves that we that that happened over the GM meeting because it seemed to me that our, our manager seemed to actually have gone to where was it Florida? Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, San, San Diego. Diego. San Diego, California. Yeah. I yeah. think did, did they did they really just want to go there just to hang out? <laughs> did, is that, that basically <laughs> what many, it was? Too many beers by the pool. <laughs> I don't know. Because I was thinking, all right, we're gonna hear something. Just something, yeah. right? But it was quite it was crickets. And like you said, Jason brought up a good point. Is it location? Do they not believe in the team that's there? Because, I mean, we're one of the most offensive teams in the season, last season. So you'd think we have a lot of you know, offense in there. Did, what's, the, what's, the, what's the deal? Yeah. I think the thing that... That, kills, that kills me the most is before going into the winter meetings, we, the Jays, were picked to be a, a contender for the World Series. Post that, 
if you look at their power rankings, the Jays drop down below teams that we should be hammering. And it's all because of complacency. And I haven't said that a lot about this organization in the last number of years. They seem to have been decently aggressive and trying to make moves and and trying to to make things happen. But I, I just, I don't know. I thought Mattingly would have a little bit of clout. I thought, you know, there are parts of it that people would be attracted to. And, and it just seems like, unless there's some sort of blockbuster that we don't know about that is coming and they've had to wait on that to let the pieces fall into place. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there, there better be something falling into place. <laughs> yeah, and we'll all be eating a slice of humble pie. But I mean, yeah. to this point right now, it's is my that's my call for the for what's happened so far. Yeah, and to that point, you know, to make. And this is what I thought was adding insult to the injury on that whole thing. The winter meetings end with this Kevin Kiermeyer guy that Blue Jays fans best know for being a giant jackass and stealing a piece of paper in a playoff game that Alejandro Kirk dropped off, which was actually the pitching notes and the plan of how they were going to attack the Rays hitters during that game. Oh, that was him? Yep. It was him. <laughs> so this is why I'm in the table flip mode <laughs> i hate the fucker i hate him when he was just stealing uh words from kevin pa- kevin Pilar and then he does that i will i think i made the joke in our chat the other day that i will bet bet you guys 20 bucks that he bet, doesn't even make it out of spring training healthy and i'm oh boy. a firm believer in that it has nothing to do with him as a person or anything he just has been notoriously hurt over the last three seasons and he doesn't even spell fourth outfielder to me. I thought we had a better fourth outfielder in Ramil Tapia last year. <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't I don't make any I sense don't to me. With you. Yeah. You know, um he, he he you know, what did he hit? Two two twenty-eight last year. Um no two twenty eight. Leader in the locker room, Jason. Yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> I think know, we have enough, enough of those. Yeah, we have enough of those, I was gonna say. <laughs> I think it speaks to what exactly what you were saying. Like, I mean a guy like Kiermaier, who, I mean, he does, he gets on base and for an old coot, he can still, you know, he can still run. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, it's the same with, with Correa. Like, I mean, there's a stain on these guys that as soon as you bring them to your team, it's like, like you just, you don't want to touch them. They're, they're, they're just gross. Like, yeah. so it's, you know, it, I would have left him alone. I, I, I would have, um, you know, started to to look at, you know, to Pittsburgh's outfield or, you know, I know that we kind of, the Jays kind of crapped the bed with the, uh, with the Cardinals. I think there was a lot of opportunity there. Um, to that point, that might be what the Cardinals planned on doing all along. You can't hold them accountable nope. for them turning around nope. and signing Cortez, uh, Contreras, nope. I mean. But the one thing that kills me about the Kiermaier thing is that happened against what this team's current core is. That playoff thing. That Alejandro Kirk was the catcher in that game. People forget that. He was the one that dropped it, not Jansen. Yeah. Jansen was DHing that game and had two home runs. <laughs> and so, you know, Gurriel, Gladdy, Bo, all of it, everybody that is the core to this team remembers that. Is this hatchet going to get buried in spring training or is this going to be a festering piece of? garbage in the middle of our lineup every week that's that's and curious I mean, right now he's our best outfielder playing the third spot now we don't have to take oscar which has got to change because he can't be our starting right or left fielder at this year now is there anything redeemable about him like could he do anything during the season let's say he makes it to as a starter 
He's going to take center field. The defense that a lot of people say that he has that would benefit the team, will that, if he actually has a good season, will you guys change? Or is it going to be like, I'm going to keep, I'm going to be harumphing this until, um, even if we win the World Series, it's a big harumph for Kiermaier. I don't think I'm going to have to worry about it. I literally think he won't make it to the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be that guy. I'm not, I'm not sorry about saying it that way. The way that I, I, I don't wish it, hurt on him. Yeah, the way that I look at it is, um, you know, I, I've been a big proponent in, in, you know, some people you can have redemption. Um, I feel like if it's addressed, like if he is, is man enough to say something about it, like even preseason, whatever, say, you know, there may have been some bad blood with me you know, stealing the line of car, whatever it was, yeah. you know, and, 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 you know, you could kind of even make a joke out of it. If Kiermaier, I mean, his upside is he does have speed. So in the outfield, he can track balls. He hits a ton of doubles and a doubles hitter is a great hitter. I mean, that's why, you know, a guy like Biggio can't stay in the majors because he can't hit doubles. He, he either yeah. hits singles or he gets out. And so, it's just not good enough at that level. You have to be able to pump out 30 doubles, you know, if you're going to be in that spot. And so for me, you know, I- I'm always willing to give somebody redemption when it comes to sports and, and sometimes the laser focus or, or glass house, we, you know, we look at them with. So it's, you know, it's, uh, it's all up to you, Kev. Hopefully you're listening. And, and you know what? <laughs> How about this? I'll say it right here, right now. If they win the World Series and Kiermaier plays, I'll buy a Kiermaier jersey and happily wear it. Oh, there it is. Ooh. But he has to play a game, I assume, would be the <laughs> yes. caveat on that. Yes. All right. So I, I, I know I've literally been harping on that point, but if you want the, you know, for the casual Blue Jay fan that hasn't been paying attention to the rival Tampa Bay Rays over the last, you know, more or less decade at this point. Since since his first Gold Glove award, which by the way, that's what you're getting from him. You're getting a glove that is obscenely talented. That is his upside part. So he's won two Gold Gloves, and it's amazing that he won it in the time frame that he did here. Because he won the Gold Glove in 2016 over Kevin Pillar. Everybody was up in arms, Blue Jays fans, if you recall. So he played 105 games that year. The following year, he played 98. The following in 2018, he played 88. Then he finally, for the first time in his almost and only one other time in his 10-year career, uh, played over 100 games in tw- 2019. And then at the age of 30, 49, then comes back to 122 and then back to 63 games last year. So he didn't even play half the season this past season. Yeah. So the biggest worry, aside from him not being the most offensive strongest, but he could hit, like you said, Jason, he hits a lot of doubles. He gets on base. Is the fact that uh, he's very he gets he's very injury prone. And by the way, he was the their outfielder, so he should have been playing 162 games each of those seasons. So he's the guy that would have been penciled in all day every day for the Tampa Bay Rays because they were paying him like that too. So the fact that he has only eclipsed 100 games five of his 10 years in the major leagues. It's quite scary, and that's very weighted toward the first part of his tenure of his career, too. He's over 100 games. Interesting. So, here, Zarf, I throw in a comment huh. here. <laughs> so, I'm going to throw in a comment here from uh, Rhonda. Rhonda Armour is supposed to be our guest today. Unfortunately, she couldn't make it. She's hopefully going to come uh, next week. Mm-hmm. She's actually a rabid base, a Blue Jays fan, and she was a guest on my podcast, actually. So, that's how I kind of chatted her about it. And I said, oh, you like the Blue Jays? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> like, hello. I love, I-, I love them. 
right? I, when I'm driving to work, I want to, I always love, want to hear, you know, the fan 590 talk about the Jays. I said, okay, would you ever want to come, come on, on to, come on talk? She's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> hopefully on. we'll get her in for next week. But I wanted to add the comment that she had about the, uh, Car- Carmeyer, how do you pronounce his name? Kiermeyer. Kiermeyer. All right. So she's like, an acquisition like Kevin Kiermeyer is frustrating as he's frequently hurt and potentially past his prime. Always seems like we are hoping these types of players can turn things around once they join the Blue Jays. Just her two cents. <laughs> She's not far off. Not too, not far off. I, it's just dawned on me from the way that Rhonda laid that whole thing out. The Blue Jays have a habit of doing this over the last year, our last few years. And Dexter Fowler, remember everybody was all like, oh, someday this season, this past season, we might get Dexter Fowler up because they signed him to that minor league deal to hurry up and hope that yep. he crushed it for the Buffalo Bisons, you know? And then next thing you know, he is like deuces and walked out. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, but this is a major league deal is the other catch too. So he's going to well, play or he's going to get cut. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, 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 I'm, I'm one of those guys I'm starting to get like you, Craig, where I'm really starting to nerd out baseball wise. Uh, <laughs> So if you guys think signing Kiermaier is bad, I, I was thinking to myself, what's the worst deal I can think of in the last, well, I don't know, 10 or 15 oh, years. Oh, God, here it comes. Now, do you guys know that Chris Davis is starting to receive his deferred payments for the remainder of his contract? So do you guys remember Chris Davis, first baseman for the Orioles? Crush. Looked like a, looked like a stud for about 25 minutes and then just... So, Against the Blue Jays for 2015 and 2016. Yes, and right. then fell off the planet <laughs> so he is he is set to be paid 9.16 million dollars from 2023 to 2025 3.5 million from 2026 to 2032 and then 1.5 a year from 2033 to 2037 oh no and the mets are still paying bobby Bonilla right now that's the best i don't care what anybody says that might have been the best major league baseball contract in history for both <laughs> sides because right. the, the the mets got to the playoffs all those years they had Bobby Bonilla, including the Subway Series the one year against the Yankees. Yep. So if you're so deferring Jason, that oh, payment for the freaking better part of three decades, who cares? So <laughs> a million, Jason, million dollars. Walk me through that. So why is it that they're paying him all this money like well after the fact? Like you said, 2015, 26. So teams have an option to hold off on paying the players? Is that really? So he got a contract written. Yeah, he had 42 million remaining on his contract. Uh-huh. And so the team can defer it any way they want. In baseball, it doesn't count against the salary cap different than hockey. So because he's uh, not on the roster, but not on the pay. roster. Um, so they're allowed to take that money out, and then they just cut him, and no one wanted him. So he's going to sit at home for the next fifteen years and make forty-two million dollars, not doing anything. He, he has not played a base major league baseball game since the early parts of twenty twenty. Yeah. Wow, I got to rethink my career goals, man. Jeez. Yeah, right. Me too. Very seriously. <laughs> Forty-two million for the next fifteen years, and just doesn't have, he can still get a job if he really wants, but maybe yeah. just not uh, playing baseball. There was about a four-year peak to his career that he might have been the best home run hitter on baseball. You could, yeah, I'll that give up. you that. From twenty twelve, he had thirty-three home runs in twenty twelve. Thirteen, he had fifty-three. 14, he had 26 as he didn't play. He was hitting more doubles that year. So that I'm going to call that a win still, but the down year and then shot back up to 47 and 38 the following year. So that five year window there, like I said, he hit 
basically the, his almost 300 career home runs. So yeah, it's pretty nuts. Uh, just, just a little aside. Just a sec. <laughs> but to that point, uh, before we talk uh, about the good signing we made, why don't we talk free agents gone wild, boys? <laughs> because this is what you mentioned uh, a little bit here with contracts and whatnot and the fact that I would have never in a million years thought Carlos Correa was worth the amount of money he just got on a, what, 13-year deal or something like that? What inflation? That's all I got to say. What inflation? <laughs> what inflation? I don't see this inflation. No stinking inflation. <laughs> so I think it was 340 over 13 seasons, which is like $26 million a season or something like that. If you Yeah, I've got the... If you want to know about anybody's, I just pulled up. I've got everybody's exact salary for the year from some of these just asinine monster <laughs> deals. Rifle uh, them off, Jason, because I, like I said, I don't. If nobody's been paying attention to Major League Baseball, this is why the Blue Jays haven't signed anybody. Yeah, uh, okay. So some aggregate. <laughs> let's start with Aaron Judge. So Aaron Judge signs for nine years, three hundred sixty. He makes forty million a year. That the reigning MVP and American League home run history champ. Insane. Correa, Correa signed with San Francisco. And, you know, people, if you're watching the National League this year, do not sleep on the Giants. They are going to be a beast. Sneaky. Yep. Unbelievably Sneaky good. Sneaky beast because their yeah. talent on the young side is awesome, too. Yeah. You throw guys like that in. Correa signs for 13 for 350s, 26 9 a year. Uh, Trey Turner signs with Philly for 11 for 327. Oddly enough, his salary is $27,272,727. Oh, my God. It's very specific. Yeah, well, Rhea is making more money than Trey Turner is what yeah. you just said to me. Bogart <laughs> that, that just blows my brain because looking at the two of them, Trey Turner, without even entering a glimmer of doubt in my head, is the better shortstop. A million percent. <laughs> And and I think that uh, that um, Swanson is better than Correa. I'm taking I'm taking Dansby Swanson over Correa, eight days a week. Right now, in the way that the two of them have been do- over the last two years, one swinging this way and one swinging that. <laughs> so Dansby Swanson Swanson's Bogart. tapped into something. Bogart signs for eleven mil two eighty twenty five million a season. Jake DeGrom signs for five for $185 million, 37 a season. Brandon Nimmo, if you will believe, like this guy, what was what was he making last year? 500 grand? If you're close to that. He goes yeah. to 37, oh no, sorry, to $20.25 million a year. 20 wow. million. That's a big race. Yeah. It's how good he was the last three Jesus years. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, it's just how I mean, it is. It's crazy. Verlander is making $43 million. Uh, that one doesn't shock me, though, because everybody was ready to pay Verlander a brick of money. And then we yeah. go all the way down to the, and now I think we could probably talk about this, the Jays' big pickup, Chris Bassett. Uh, three years, $63 million, $21 million a year. That is very, very, very tolerable. Economical. Yeah. Economical. I mean, it's... You know, <laughs> Jeremiah was economical too, isn't he? He's only nine million for a year. Is that right? What is that? Oh, sorry, I said that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think he's only one year, so we'll see. But anyways, yeah. Well, I mean, and I think that's sort of that one of the ones that surprised me though was you know like if you're just looking at straight up numbers was Mitch Haniger going to San Francisco again, um, signed for fourteen million, which is a good raise for him, but. I, I expected him to get more and a guy like Bellinger to get less. Um, 
even Christian Vasquez signing for 10 million a year. That's a lot of, that's a lot of Jake for not a great catcher, a good defensive catcher. Uh, he's a backup catcher, what he is. <laughs> yeah. So to that point, we're going to get to the catching market. You don't jump ahead in the cliff. Notes. <laughs> I got, I got one more that just came in. One more just came in. All right. Uh, Rogers uh, signed Noah Syndergaard. Yes, that did just happen about two, three hours ago. Yeah, it was in this afternoon, and and, which was un- doesn't say. Okay, we just yeah, that that one's say. that new. But to that point, I think it was a one-year, two-year deal, something yeah. like that. They haven't said the dollars yet. So, but either way, that was also another arm that I would assume the Blue Jays were checking in on, seeing they were so actively trying to trade for him at the trade deadline this year. Yeah. So. Very, very interesting stuff, Jason. Thank you for rifling through that. But you got to where we were going next anyway. So segue points for you, sir. Chris Bassett is a Toronto Blue Jay. Welcome to free agent uh, from free agent land to Toronto. And guys, this is a guy that I was honestly wishing the Blue Jays traded for, kind of like what the Mets did the last couple of years. Uh, But he has been, even when he was in Oakland A, just consistent. Very Mark Burley-ish kind of like stuff. At least that's the kind of pitcher he reminded me of. He's not overpowering anybody. He's like 92, 93, crazy breaking stuff. Knows how to get hitters out. And I think when I was looking at his baseball savant page, which is the weird, stupid, oh my God, way too deep metrics in baseball land. <laughs> so he had the one of the lowest con- or uh, highest soft contact rate. That's yeah. what I wanted to say. <laughs> highest soft contact. Okay, explain that. So, th- one of the weird stats that you know in the wonderful world of saber metrics that we're in, which is the crazy, like I said, way too money ball statistics. Right. Mm-hmm. One of them is how well they barrel the baseball as hitters, and then the flip side of that is how well the pitchers avoid getting barreled. <laughs> so hard contact versus. A little bunt, <laughs> you know. So it's the it's a Chris different... Bassett was one of the best ones yeah. on not getting barreled up 100, percent right? It's a lot of ground balls. It's a lot of easy ground balls for your infielders. The balls the that pops. are hit for the, to the outfielders are are soft little poochers that still make it to them. Like it's they're not Texas leaguers. They're not you know gappers. They're soft rollers that the shortstop comes in, flips up, fires the guy out without even trying. Um, yeah. And, you know, and it was interesting because um, Gossman uh, tweeted out, you know, can't wait till you get here so you can teach me one of your 10 pitches. So, you know, and, and, he says he uses six regularly. He's got 10 of them. That's apparently he does. I mean, you can't have 10. I don't think there are 10. But I and I hope that his nickname is Seabass. I mean, that has to that has to hold somewhere. Like maybe get Cam Beely to throw out the first pitch when he's going to pitch the first game in a Seabass jersey. I mean, you know, <laughs> this marketing stuff, right? No, no, salt shaker. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so Bassett is, is more of a finesse guy. So he's not, like you said, he's not going to overpower you. He's not, he's not all about the strikeout counts. He's literally going to make you hit a pitch you don't want to hit. Yeah. yeah. He's going to make you yeah. hit something you don't want to hit. And right. it's going to be, like you said, easily fielded. Yeah, okay. and he throws strikes too. Like he throws a lot of strikes. He's a he's his first pitch strike, you know, first pitch strike pitcher, and it's it's all junk. Um, well, yeah, his fastball is ninety two, ninety three. Uh, it's got a little bit of of you know to what Gossman is saying is he throws kind of a slider ish fastball. It's probably a, a it's probably a two seamer with a just a tiny turn on it. So it, it rather than if I throw this way, the natural rotation of the ball is going to be that way, right? So it's going to fall off 
for off the plate that way. The way he throws his, as he comes through and snaps his fingers, he actually snaps the other direction. And so his fastball will turn the wrong way on. So oh. it's super confusing. Um, you know, and it's it's a teach it's a very teachable pitch. Like the um, you know, with little league, we try to to not have kids throwing curveballs because we don't want 14-year-olds getting Tommy Johns. But yeah. the evolution of the evolution of the curveball is that the curveball has now turned into a, a, a an overspin pitch like this. And if you can really spin the ball quickly this way, the ball will go and drop. It's a 12-6 curve. Uh, Barry Zito used to throw a disgusting one. If you ever, kids, if you're if you're at home and you want to hit the Google machine, look, check out Barry Zito. He had one of the yeah. wickedest. And and Clayton Kershaw, his curveball was is, is bonkers. And they throw them the same way. They throw a top spinning curveball. Whereas you can throw that sort of slider or slurve or whatever you want to call it. And all it is is just a tilted fastball. So as you come and really you let it come out just slightly turn, and it'll actually turn the other way on you. It's a really neat pitch. Um, and, and it doesn't yeah. have to be fast because you can't hit it. And then when you do, it's a muffin. So, hmm. yeah, there hasn't been really somebody as, a, as much of a top over thrower like he has in Blue Jays recent history. Anyways, that uh, to be that person. That's how Roy Halladay started throwing in his career until he just it didn't have enough movement on his pitches. So we went down to the minors and we all know the story literally tore it down and built himself back up in that kind of like three, three quarter ballpark. <laughs> so, but it, it's like a hammer toss, man. I, I, I'm, I'm literally reposting uh, stuff to our Twitter page at bird watching GC right now. So that you can all take a peek at what some of his video looks like. The guy's nasty. And if you talk about consistent pitchers over the last like three, four seasons, and this is including the shortened COVID season, obviously, he just doesn't give up runs. <laughs> it's it's slightly nuts. And he has had over the last three seasons, a, basically a, a some average of 3.5 on his ERA. And I, that one was just under, one was like right at it, and then one was just over. So we're literally talking with a 3.4 to 3.6 ERA, which is you a standard, which is a which is a standard though, right? Like no one expects that, to. If you were going to pick Johnny Average, <laughs> yeah. and you wanted somebody to be the guy that's just awesome, the regular average I would say is probably around four. You got a guy that's like just 0.5 underneath that earned run average. There, you're talking about a guy that's approaching elite. If he had that lights out fastball, you're talking a guy that is a hundred percent an elite pitcher, and nobody would even probably, you know, question you on that fact. Him doing what he does and still accomplishing that without that plus velocity of a guy throwing the ball hundred miles an hour like everybody seems to be doing in baseball these days, he is going to make a nice mix thrown in with Manoa, Barrios, and Gosman. Nice change of pace. And yeah. to that point, I have a strange feeling all four of them are going to feed off of each other really, really well. Cause you like, we all know that Manoa is the ace, but he's still a very damn young kid playing Major League Baseball. He's going to learn a lot from somebody that's a little bit older, like Chris Bassett at 33, going into his 34th season. But three years, 60, uh, 63 mil, I think is what it was, was a solid, perfect investment, I think, for a guy like him. Cause he's also a, a pitcher, even though that age, he really doesn't have the miles on his arm that you would expect for somebody that age. He, huh. he, he really didn't break into major league baseball until, you know, 2015, 2016. So huh. <laughs> relatively <weird>. young <laughs> in yeah. baseball so, years. Yeah. So let, let me ask you this guys then. So we spent all this money on to get Bassett. 
was there an argument to be made that we could have given that money to Stripling? Because I, I remember we talked about this a few weeks ago where we were kind of like, you know, should we offer him an, a block of money to stay with Toronto? And I think there was a lot of saying, yeah, we should, we should, but nothing seems to have happened. Is he still technically a free agent now? No, he got signed. Yes. Oh, he got signed? Yes. Really? Yes, signed. Oh, who yeah. did he got? Who he signed with? The Giants. I think so, oh, yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is one of the many reasons Jason was talking about the Giants being the sleeping giant. Ah. <laughs> and left in, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, the National League. So, For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It, yeah, confirm Giants. Um, all right. If they so, take Kirk or Jansen, I'm like, all right, I'm going to start showing for the Giants. <laughs> and you better find a new shit. <laughs> Anyways, but to that point, I, to to what you were mentioning, Ken, I do think that uh, we got a sum plus with Bassett. Yes, it's for sure, for sure. Interesting, but I think that um, um, God, I mean it's it's a, it's an important pickup. I feel like you know, as even though as as angry as I was with Kiermaier and to have a swing and a miss with a number of those guys, like I said, I, I've really got my fingers crossed. Um, that, that there is a, a some sort of a wild trade loaded in the barrel, and they've had to have this stuff happen to uh, and, you know. And I, I feel like they've been too quiet as a management group. You know what I mean? Like it's. I feel like if if there was nothing left There's in nothing the tank, going on, don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like you know. So, so I, there's got to be something brewing. There must be. I'm thinking they're they're just setting us up, right? So we'll get we'll we'll sign someone here. We'll sign another one here that's a little bit worth a little bit more, and then where they're gonna hopefully pull the rug off from under us and sign something big, right? <laughs> and my second point here from Rhonda, because she was uh, this is almost in caps. Why does it always seem that the Blue Jays aren't willing to go after the pieces we need to take us to the next level and compete with teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers? It always feels like we're getting the hand me down players. Where are the young talented players that will be around for quite some time? It'll be valuable than more than just one year. And even when we get those players like Simeon, why don't we keep, why don't we do more to keep them? I think that one worked out okay. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you think of it, let's say, let's go back another offseason where we were trying to get Marcus Simeon to stay as a Toronto Blue Jay. Because I heard they offered, but it was one of those things that wasn't even in the ballpark compared to what he was getting from everybody else. Um, especially in the length category. It was dollars short instead of, I think he got a five or six year deal from the Rangers, something like that. So if you give that money to Marcus Simeon, come into this offseason, you would have been tapped out already. You, we, we wouldn't even be, we would have been talking about how to trade the catchers and that would have been probably about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference. And even if you trade Teoscar to get a little bit of, basically Teoscar's raise paid for Chris Bassett. So we still have money to and, and, and theoretically play with. Don't think it's just the Jays. Like I understand what she's saying and I understand how front, believe me, I'm a Canucks fan. If anyone knows how to blow a season by not signing guys or trading good talent away, it's us. We suck. <laughs> Anyways, so 
if you look at guys like, I mean, there's been so many guys in the last number of years that, that teams have taken a flyer on or, or teams have secured up and they just do nothing. And, you know, I feel like guys who have career years, when it comes down to the year that they're going to get paid, teams have to be more careful. They throw money at these guys and the next year, I mean, almost everybody has a terrible year. The next year they have a contract year, almost everybody. There's a few guys, like I think Springer was very good the year we picked him up, and he's continued to be good-ish, good adjacent. So, I mean, I feel like there's there certainly are guys, like, you know, the, the Dodgers have had a few guys that they've picked up and they've remained being stars. And, I mean, they, they picked up Joey Gallo, and he sort of went back to old Joey Gallo for a minute, and now he's, I could probably hit the ball farther than he can at this point. Um but yeah. you know that being said, they they there there are more chances taken, but we have the Jays under a spotlight, so we don't necessarily hear about some of those real big money ones that go into the turlet for some other teams. But well, it happens. You made that point. Um, Schneider was on the Major League Baseball Network during the winter meetings, and he said they had offers into Verlander. Yeah, like, really. Yep, he's they've been after Verlander for years. They they Christ. really have. The Jays well, he throws only two no hitters in Toronto. Might as well get him. Yeah, they have been jersey him for four years. And whether you know whether he just doesn't want to come, or whether they just don't ever come with the right amount of money, or you know, like Craig was saying, there's always somebody that's going to pay more for talent, right? And that's what's the problem with 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 baseball. If they had a cap, an unbreakable cap, the teams would be totally different, and guys' salaries would be totally different. I mean, you and that will have never this. happen. I never. Have. I mean, it's there's too much money in it, and oddly enough, I mean, even though you know the attendance must be terrible in some of these places, they're still making money. Yeah. So the the Major League Baseball Players Association is probably the most powerful sports union without even questioning it. So the NBA that, is close. The NBA is definitely closing that gap, but the the amount of money that's still made in advertising for baseball for 162 games <laughs> is uncomparable to all the other sports so that's the reason there's so much more money in it now craig as an aside what do you think the uh chances of tideman um you know shining through uh i know we talked about this a couple weeks ago but i've been that guy that just i ricky tiedman is the now the toronto blue jays easy number one prospect he had a monster monster minor league season with the blue jays last year for the I got to pull his stuff up, but he, um, I think everybody really needs to stop worrying about the number five spot because there's so much going on there past Mitch White and, uh, Yosei Kukuchi. Yeah. <laughs> so Ricky Tiedman is <laughs> just to be this point, if he didn't have to have Tommy John in his college season, right before the major league baseball draft, this guy was a first round draft pick and probably 100%. the, and probably the first pick. Hundred <laughs> percent. So, so he has Tommy John. The Blue Jays get him. I think they either got him as a supplemental first round pick. So after his, his total for last year or for last season for the last uh, t- last ten games of the season, I guess that he you know that he threw in um, his average was two point four five. Or sorry, his ERA was two point four five. He was one two three four five. Uh, six wins, one, two, three, four, five, three losses. Yeah. Uh, like, and he threw him, he threw basically 80 innings. 
Yes. They right after Tommy John. It's crazy, actually. Oh. <laughs> oh. It's, he is on the Alec Manoa fast track right yeah. now this spring. He's going to get an invite to spring training without even a glimmer of doubt, in my opinion. Because <laughs> the Blue Jays are going to sit there and go, should we bring him up with us? It's going to be that same conversation as bringing Daniel Norris up to be the fifth starter in 2015, who eventually lost the job to uh, Marco Estrada because he could just had the dead arm and could never get around it. And then we've also found out since then that Daniel Norris is nothing better than a bullpen arm. So sorry to say, Blue Jays fans, that trade was worth it for David Price. <laughs> so anyway, um, but Ricky Tiedman's got that same crazy swing and miss stuff that Manoa had. He could be that guy that comes in all guns blazing in spring training and run away with a job. So, and it, if he's as good as Manoa was his first year, or even damn close to it, to a point where he's in that 3.5, 4 ERA something, that's pretty damn solid right there. And I don't care anybody arguing that. And I don't think looking at his paper here, what he did through A, A plus level in the minor leagues A and double A last year, I think yep. there's something to it. So, Everybody's talking like it, about that. I felt like it was worth mentioning. Yeah. Mm. You just wanted to make sure you put that one on the tee for me to hit it up. I do. I am wearing my Bison's hat where he Guilty. will be starting. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> he will be playing in Buffalo to start the season, Adam. Yeah, 100% he will. Because he has no more challenges left in New Hampshire. <laughs> right. So it is what it is. But to that where point, that's. That's where it's at. So as far as where we go from here, if you don't do something like that, you have to go grab another free agent pitcher. The market's starting to get pretty thin for free agent pitchers. We talked about basically the best available free agents now are people like Dansby Swanson, which is still a very, very good player. But I do not see the Blue Jays offering something that's approaching any of those contracts like you just saw his colleagues get in Correa, Turner, Bogarts, because... You can make the argument he's in that conversation or he's just a step back. Yeah. So he's going to be yeah. pushing that kind of money that many years. I don't see the Blue Jays doing that when they haven't locked up people like Boba Shett and Vlad Jr. That's what I'm thinking. Interesting. If you're going to throw a brick of money at a shortstop, <laughs> even if you don't think he's going to stay at shortstop and you want to keep Boba Shett, that's where you spend the money right now, not throwing it at uh, the newcomer right now. But to that yeah. point, would I love to see him pay? Dansby Swanson to come play second or short. Great. Do it. If you can find a way to do it. But I think that's going to also irk the other guy on the other side of the second base there for you. (laughs) I don't think we want to do that. Although maybe there'll be a chip on his shoulder to the point where he just runs with it. I don't. (laughs) Does Bobachet play better when he has a chip? Literally on his shoulder. Like, does that I kind of feel like he plays better angry? Kind of like when you used to throw a pitch at Jose Batista and the next time you threw one over the plate, he just teed it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Well, if you want some really interesting fun, watch that video, by the way. There's somebody (laughs) actually did it because I want to say it was uh, Darren O'Day at the time for the Baltimore Orioles kept throwing at Jose Bautista in 2014, 2015, 2016, and he would just come up the next at bat and bang, gone, bat flip. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That is interesting. No, I just was wondering here because I think I was watching a lot of. Jays fans and like on on like breakfast television, all those people there, and they're all they're saying is that okay, what should we? What's wrong with the Jays? What should we be focused on? And you know when they looked at Kiermaier, that's I still can't pronounce his name. Uh, you got they're that saying, right. There we go. <laughs> they're they're saying that uh, 
is it a, should we be focusing more as, as opposed to, cause like you said, we, I mentioned this earlier, and I think we all agree that we were actually one of the better hitting teams of last season, right? For the last couple of seasons, I think we've been hitting the ball really well. Yeah. But the, but the, but the thing they ask is where has that got us? Should we actually think about maybe going a more defensive route versus a more of an offensive route? And that's what I'm kind of curious, right? Cause they always say defense wins games, right? Regardless of, basketball, hockey, whatever, right? All the playoffs, it's all about the defense. Is that what the Jays are missing it, do you guys think? Because obviously we can hit the ball, right? So, yeah. I'll think? make the argument they started doing that last year by bringing Matt Chapman in, and then you get a first baseman that wins a gold glove out of nowhere. <laughs> and so you got two guys that are gold glove caliber players on each side of your infield right now. Yeah. George Springer won a gold glove, but he obviously couldn't stay in center field long enough all the time consistently to really pay off defensively, which is why we've talked about it many times on this show, guys. Get him to one of the corners and make sure he stays healthy. Get another center fielder. But right now, the biggest problem is they don't have that other outfield. So, And I think what killed us last year, like if, if we're going to make a comparison about last year into what we're hoping for for this year, I think yeah. the thing that killed us was mid-season, mid-relief. So we went through two or three months there where it was an open faucet. It didn't matter who started. It didn't matter what happened in that start. But as soon as you got to a certain part in our bullpen, it was just the faucet was open and they couldn't just, they could not stop it. They were throwing meatballs down the middle. And when they got worse, the pitches got worse. And so it was, it almost got comical for a little while where they just, it didn't matter who they threw out there. They couldn't get a save or, or any kind of traction going into those other innings. And so yeah. the Jays are are very similar or were very similar last year to the Edmonton Oilers of this year, where the Oilers only want to outscore their problems. They don't want to fix their goaltending. They don't want to fix their poor defense. They don't want to fix the fact that they don't have any heart. They've got the two best players in the league. And when you put them on, they score 80% of the time they're out there, something ridiculous like that. So their theory, and it was always the sort of, even when the Oilers were just destroying everyone, that was their theory as well. We're going to beat, we're just going to outscore you flat out. You get six, we'll get 10. You get two, we're going to get eight. It didn't matter to them. They, they could care less. And so yeah. what the Jays need, and I mean, I feel like, you know, again, I think we're, we're still missing that go-to all the time, you know, middle or high inning reliever that you know, there's a potential for a bunch of them that are out there. And, and I, I still feel like that's probably the most important thing of getting us over the hump because, I mean, guys are always going to hit. You don't make the majors if you can't hit. It's it's just a fact of life. So whether you go into a slump or whatever, you're always going to come back around and other guys on your team are always going to pick you up. So it's going to come down to, you know, who you can get in those late innings to help you get over the hump and make sure that you are and closing games or setting things up for your closer to have success. Yeah. God. All I was going to say, what happened in the days of Dwayne Ward and Tom Hankey, the best setup reliever combo. I think I've ever remember just bring well, back Tom Hankey and Dwayne Ward yeah. and would be fine. Yeah. <laughs> now, Dwayne Ward looks no. like you could still eat people. Just so. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. You would say that because I feel like, uh, I feel like Craig's been sitting on his hat on something over there. Um, that we kind of discussed. I think this is a good lead into it. Um, what do you think, Carters? Yeah, I think we were going to talk about this anyways. And uh, the big thing was uh, 
the Blue Jays still had the surplus of catching, and I still don't can't wrap my head around how you can carry all three of them and hope to get to the promised land because I, I'm all for having two crazy good offensive catchers. I don't have a problem with that, but the problem is all three of them probably should be starting. So yeah. you got to do something with it. And one of the rumors that I know one of you threw up on our chat this morning, and I've seen it too, was the fact that there has been a lot of talk about Liam Hendricks for the Blue Jays nation we talked about it last week during the meet the uh, winter meetings show and the rumor has it they're actually looking for a catcher which i was a little shocked by um because they have some good young talented ones but maybe they're just too far off or they don't see him as a they can compete in this window that they've already opened without getting somebody now kind of thing um so the rumor was that there was a trade possible trades involving danny jansen for Liam Hendricks being the main pieces of the trade. Uh, there might be some other pieces to that. Who knows? But if that's a chance to leverage something that we could use, I would think that the what because of Liam Hendricks is crazy expensive contract over the next few years. That's on paper, not apples to apples. We might get one of those good prospects out of that trade too from the, the White Sox just to compensate the talent for money ratio you know so right now it's all money coming with a really good player for a guy that's dirt cheap and under control for the next two three seasons <laughs> with danny jansen so the the cost benefit there is you're trained talented guys but the blue jays are carrying this pile so you need to trade me back with the pile something to get it back to here and it's probably going to be prospect capital and to that point Ken, you mentioned it. Rhonda's sitting here going, if we can't get free agents, build the farm. Get the, get the pipeline back. And I, I agree with that, being the minor league, not that I am. And there is something to be something to be said about that. You know, if you think the team right now is good enough, if you get this last outfield spot, because that's my current issue with where this team sits. Just Kevin Kiermeyer cannot be here every day. Can't, cannot be relied on to be an everyday player. So you got to find somebody to fill that outfield. So if that doesn't come over in that same trade, that's how it works, I think. But I don't I don't see the uh, White Sox throwing like Andrew Vaughn, their no, prime, no. Outfit, prime young outfielder, flipping that. Maybe. What about, Here's what about, uh, what about if they were to, to look at Hendricks and a guy like Johnny Cueto? To that point, that spells success, though. But that's a lot of money still coming in that tipping. <laughs> so, and sorry, how much money do we actually have to play with to try to sign free agents or anything like that? Is it a lot? Uh, ballpark, the Blue Jays were they were saying they're probably going to sail over the two hundred million dollar team ca- thing again this season. I want to say if you were looking at them on paper, they're somewhere in the one eighty ballpark. So they had the money allegedly to throw at somebody expensive for but to that point over the next two years they're also going to want to use that room and that money to pay their main guys yeah so there's the catch the one benefit they do have after this season they don't pay Hyunjin Ryu anymore so there is money after the season coming too That's, is, he not, oh, is he not playing next season he had Tommy John surgery so he's a wild card at this point all right, so explain to me the Tommy John. So it's, that sounds like a very bad injury to be having. 
They take oh. a ligament that you screw up here in your elbow and add, no, that's not what my scar's from. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very similar spot. But they basically put one in from a, that's a leg tendon in there instead. And oh. the reason that's called Tommy John surgery is the first successful athlete was a pitcher named Tommy John that recovered from this surgery. It was a new process. I want to say early 80s. And now almost major league baseball pitchers almost come back better than they did before. Yeah. I mean, now they the, have a leg, a leg tendon in there. It's <laughs> the thing. If you look back at a few of the guys, like, I mean, Justin Verlander is by far the biggest success story of Donald Trump. Twice. <laughs> said it twice. Every time he's twice. come back and thrown the ball harder. So it's one of those things where, you know, Tommy John's is an important surgery and it is necessary when, when you, you know, blow that tendon. Um, so, oh, and anyone that's wondering, you know, as, as this as live something sometimes happens, that's my dog, my dog Kona. <laughs> and mine, I'll show either. That's, that probably a, that's probably a light that just went on eight blocks away from our house. <laughs> Maybe they're trying fun. to tell us something. Should I check, twi- check Twitter, see if something happened? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lassie, did the Blue Jays sign somebody? <laughs> no, Tim, or is Timmy trapped in a well? Yeah. Forget it. Leave him in the well. Leave him. So, but yeah. to that point, can uh, Ryu, he, because it's, it usually is somewhere in the eight to 12 month rehab time frame. And it's usually in the middle there around 10 to 12. Um, it, just to get the, you know, be able to pitch as many innings as Major League Baseball pitchers pitch, they, they have to have that stamina part too. It's not just, hey, my arm happens to let me throw 100. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So the, the guess was that Ryu is, he had to seize it there, the surgery two months in last year, something like that. So you're at the earliest, you're thinking two months into this season. So that means he misses spring training, all this other stuff to the point where he would be possibly getting ready to come back for a return. And if you're talking that you can't just, the blue Jays can't expect to get him back at any kind of guy that he was. You have to start looking elsewhere. You get him back. Great. You know, but he might only be a bullpen guy at that point, which being a left, and being a lefty, that might be not a bad deal. Just to oh, ease him into I, it, right? Correct. But then you only have him the rest of the season under contract. Because uh, for him, it's just unfortunate bad timing and bad luck. Because that was that's the end of his career or, or his uh, current contract that he signed with the Toronto Blue Jays after this season. Jason, oh I think you muted yourself. <laughs> you, may be able to, you may be able to ink you for a couple of years. Um, I do find that when guys do have Tommy Johns, they tend to stick with the team that paid for them to have Tommy Johns. So <laughs> yeah, there is that. Maybe able to say, hey, you know, we want a couple of years out of you here. We're, we'll offer you ten million a year. I don't even know what he's making right now, but to stay, it's not bad. Yeah, it's a lot more than that. It's <laughs> Twenty million, so maybe, I think. Maybe you throw a bit more at him and hope you can get him to Verlander status, where he does come back and he is throwing the ball harder. He's a great pitcher. And to that point, they are going to get a little bit of a preview because worst case scenario, he's hanging out at the uh, player development center this whole time in Florida. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's the beauty of having that wonderful complex out in Dunedin that I wish I have gotten a chance to visit. I haven't been to Dunedin since COVID. And that's when they built the damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we're I actually going. I used to go every spring train, just hang out with all the announcers and everything down there. It was a good time. We should we're do an episode there, Craig. We should do an episode there one day. 
Yeah. yeah, I think that would be fun if we all did that one time because I know where all the fun places are. I still have friends that live there. Yeah. I have some friends that graduated that picked up and moved down there and just happened to land where my Blue Jays are. I was like, you guys suck. I'm, I'm so jealous. <laughs> so, but it, to that point, um, that is a possibility that he could come back and be a bullpen guy at the end of the season, or maybe he does have enough you know, to be if one of the million and one fifth stars that we've been chit-chatting about here actually doesn't pan out, that he could be the next in line. Who knows? This is baseball. Anything can happen. So, and again, we're not watching. We don't get the benefit of seeing from the inside. And I think with baseball, different than a lot of other sports, um, the inside knowledge is so vast. And you find out so little as being a fan of the team. Like, they really keep things locked up until you need to know. Um, You know, it's, it's... reminiscent of, of when the playoffs come in any sport and they give you a lower body injury. Yeah. Um, baseball is one giant lower body injury. Like they just, <laughs> they just say nothing. And, and, you know, so, and, and, you know, we've seen guys come back more faster and faster and faster from Tommy John's lately. Um, I mean, you know, you, you may be, you may be talking about Ryu coming back, you know, late spring training, um, and, you know, and, and then getting some work in the bullpen um, or some work in Buffalo and then right back in and, um, you know, fingers no. crossed because a guy like him changes everything, everything you're doing completely changes. And then everything we've talked about here is moot and they can go sign an outfield or anybody that kind of feel like, yeah. um, and there's, there is nothing in this equation that's saying he can't be the best Ryu that we haven't even seen yet. No, nothing. So there is nothing that says he will grab that. Remember right when he signed with us, he was like the best thing since sliced bread, you know? <laughs> and then we slowly saw it kind of like trail off. And I think that was just his stuff doesn't carry as much. But for all we know, he gets that plus two minus third miles per hour on his fastball from doing this. Might be the difference maker in the world for him. Who knows? Get him back to what he was like in his prime with the Dodgers when he was, uh, you know, seeing Gangnam style in the locker room with, Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> Best video ever, by the way. Check that out. <laughs> so, um, it made the MLB cut four stuff at one point. I can't remember when, but it was like that last year he was with the Dodgers. They're all just sitting there. He's got the full sunglasses on, the suit. <laughs> Where was but, that personality that, like, that we didn't see him in Toronto? And I, I didn't hear too much about him then. Well, yeah. It's at that point, he's, it seems like a character too, with other than yeah. him and Manoa hanging out. <laughs> and and him and Vladdy, like they they were like like two long lost brothers beating each other up in the in the dog. Don't you remember when Vladdy hit him with the bat and they they yeah. body checked each other into the bat rack? And I mean, it's it, he looks like hilarious. They look like hockey players that were just yeah. like you know <laughs> Canada's rubbing off on him. That's all I'm yes. saying. <laughs> yes, but well, that from that point, remember Vladdy's Canadian. <laughs> that's what i'm saying glad he's canadian he's taking the go. canadian culture right yep. to right to right, right yep. to ryu yep. <laughs> yeah uh but to that point uh, that's another reason we probably won't have any effing clue what's going on with ryu because he actually still lives in korea he has a place in canada i guess but he hadn't been there as from what the rumors sound like um so he's probably gonna do a lot of that training and rehab with his you know his home country so if that's happening, we definitely won't hear anything. <laughs> yeah. So to that point, though, the uh, flipping away from the Ryu conversation, which was a good little side segue here as we wrap up the show. Is there anything else that rumor wise you guys have heard of? I keep hearing Brian Reynolds with the Pirates. I still keep hearing Liam Hendricks. 
the outfielder thing has to happen. And yeah. I do think the biggest thing is catchers for whoever. Um, the Guardians might enter the race because the Guardians missed out on every catcher they wanted, similar to the Blue Jays. So they, what do they have that we could use. Guardians. They have one of the best plethoras of talent in the Maya League. So I wouldn't be surprised if they have a guy that's ready to next be the, the next guy up kind of situation and still be able to do it. I don't know how they've been doing what they've been doing over the last few years, but they seem to find that next guy up better than the Rays have done over the last three years. Yeah, 100%. Um, well, so, so, Greg, as a quick aside, yeah, you want to know, I, I think I've got it close to figured out as to what the secret that the Rays and the Orioles and a few other teams have unlocked. Because yeah. you don't necessarily have to have the best baseball player at that position. If yeah. you have the most athletic person at that position, you'll win games. The the and Rays find a place for them. Yeah, the Rays are unbelievably athletic. Possibly yeah. the most athletic team I've ever seen at this right. point right now. And losing Kiermaier is a big feather because they can put some young stud out there again, and off they go. Yep. Orioles have figured that out. The Guardians have figured that out. And when teams start to figure it out that the most athletic guy is going to get you to the promised land, I mean, it's they certainly wouldn't win, wouldn't have won you, won you the World Series this year. None of those teams right. have beaten the Astros. The Astros were unbeatable. A monster. But, yeah. I mean, you know, the the Phillies are athletic but old. You know, it's 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 and they athletic. flip some of that too. Get yeah. some younger guys. So yeah. crazy athletic Trey Turner. Yes. <laughs> Just yes. Saying. So, but yeah, no, I think you got something to something to the sauce there, Jason. You really do. Don't need to get angry about that. <laughs> that was the Aaron Judge gavel falling, I think. Uh, oh, there, there it is. Well, as it fell somewhere on the Yankees' hopes and dreams, I'm all right with it. <laughs> there it is. There we go. <laughs> so, on that note, boys, um, it's been a great show. And I'm glad to have you. Obviously, Jason, we're going to have on location next week. <laughs> so he's gonna really? find a nice spot to have the coolest like freaking podcast uh fantasy ever <laughs> I hope, so my hope is that so just in you know i'm gonna be in maui and my hope is where where we stay in maui there's like three really awesome places that i could broadcast from and so i'm gonna hope that the wi-fi works out and all that fun stuff and work when we get there uh, my buddy cam and i are gonna test out a few you know a few sites on golf courses, of course. I mean, it's all <laughs> research that I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to go check show. out the Shane. The Shane Good golf game, show. like Kevin Millar did for Intentional Talk one year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go check out the Shane Victorino field. Um, there you go. Maui. Um, and um, I'm going to try field. to find Shane himself, the flying Hawaiian. We'll see if we can. I know he's there. He lives, you know, he lives there full time. So, um, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. And, uh, yeah. you know, Hopefully, 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 we've got some more stuff to talk about because it'd be incredibly boring to just, you know, talk about the scenery behind me rather than. You know, <laughs> we're we're going to talk well, about you. Can talk gonna... about the scenery. I want yeah, you talk... honest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about your backswing. See how it works. <laughs> <laughs> so to that point, we also may have a, a guest with us next week in Rhonda. So Rhonda we'll happens and uh, see what goes on. But to that, till next week, Blue Jays fans, make sure you click us on anywhere you get your podcasting pleasures from Spotify, Google Podcasts any of those wonderful spots, make sure you join us for the live show. We see you. There's a little ticker up here up on the top that we get to see everything. Uh, make sure you join this conversation. This chat window is for you. We are here every week 
Uh, we will be back to our normal Tuesdays at 7 o'clock Eastern time or whatever Maui time is at that point. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, but to that, we are here. We are your Toronto Blue Jays barroom chat. Let's talk. Let's have some beers and let's hope this team makes it to the next level like we all keep hoping. So until next week, fellas, two claps and a Ric Flair. Got it. One, two, three. Let's go, Blue Jays. Make something happen. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Jaybird Watching Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, at BirdWatchingGC, and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining it to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays, go. Woo! Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.